Welcome, everyone, to episode number 64, asshole. No, this is 64. We're doing them out of order this time. <laughs> we forgot well, to warn the yeah, producer. Yeah, we forgot, we forgot to let Wolfie well, know that we're recording things. It's all right. I try to keep track of that stuff. But no, you know. and I mean, I almost said 63 myself, but that would be... I'll just have to rename the file. <laughs> that's fine. I, mean, I hope that's not too much of a... All right. Okay. Uh, so after that uh, debacle of an intro, <laughs> uh, I screwed everything up. Uh, I am I am uh, Patsy the Angry Nerd. Uh, you can also call me uh, Patrick or uh, Ash's wife. Uh, I've been called that as well. And uh, I am I am one of the hosts of this fine program, Throwdown Thursday, the podcast. Trademark, TM, copyright, all rights reserved throughout perpetuity. Uh, that's not really true. Um, I'm You're also just joined. Rambling. Yeah, I am. I am. Uh, I am also joined by uh, the Ironborn Lady of Comic Cons and uh, Warden of the South, uh, Agent Nicole. Why the South? I was Warden of the North. Yeah, well, you weren't. If anything, you're Warden of the West. Cause that's where the Iron Islands are. That's true. But you're like 25th in in line. That's okay. You have Uncle Grandpa ahead of you. <laughs> That douchebag. Nicole literally has an uncle grandpa. No, I don't. What's his name? My grandfather? No, your uncle, who is named after your grandfather, okay. therefore making him uncle grandpa. We ca- In the family, we call him Uncle Junior. He is a junior, but his real name is Bonifacio. Which means next year he's going to be graduating. Oh, for the love of God, Patrick. I am also joined by my co-host you. and uh, co-conspirator and partner in crime, and uh, there's some other stuff I could say, but it's it's uh, we're gonna it's gonna be best to save it for the end of the show. Uh, Ashes von Nightmare. Don't be a drag, just be a queen. That's right. You know where I was going with that. We are of course also joined by uh, the Cal Ripkin of podcasting. He has never missed a show. He is Johnny Wolfenstein. Uh, I'm just not good with numbers. That's that's the problem. No, it's okay. You, it's, <laughs> I, di- I didn't... Just blame I'm trying Patrick. to cover. I'm trying to cover. <laughs> no, I will take responsibility because I will... You are like the one guy on the show who's always been on my side and has never been mean to I don't me. T- really? I don't take sides. He don't, yeah. I was exactly. Don't <laughs> so it doesn't mean you I'm on your side. You haven't been against me. <laughs> <laughs> don't push it. Listen, push it real good. Uh, we have a special guest today. Uh, he is the Commander Data of the Amalgamania Facebook group. His card gets 40 rods to the hog's head, and that's the way he likes it. He believes that forgiveness is divine, but never f- pays full price for late pizza. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Justin Cooper. Woohoo! Hi, everyone. How you doing today? I'm doing awesome. How are you, Patsy? I'm doing, uh, I'm doing pretty well. You know, uh, hit a little snag at the beginning there, because I didn't tell people what was going on but uh that's my fault that's per usual though like yeah. you always have your own agenda i do you, you don't share with the rest of the class mm-hmm. i like to surprise people so now consider me as we went from uncle grandpa to simpsons to ninja turtles yeah I, yeah it's we're all over the place on this show like there is never I'm, I'm, a set format we are we are most popular among those with ADHD or ADD. Huh? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Squirrel. So, Justin, uh, I I uh, 
I uh, for for those of you out in the uh, podcasting verse who are unfamiliar with Justin, Justin, uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about the Amalgamania site? Now, uh, one thing that uh, Amalgamania does very well is character battles, which you might be able to relate to. But um, the thing that has kind of set us apart from a lot of the other sites I've noticed is that our battles don't get heated. They don't end with people crying, and they don't end with people getting blocked from the page. Knock on wood. But um, it seems like something where if you get enough good people together and you handle things in a nice professional manner and treat people with respect, you can kind of keep those going. So that was kind of the initial thought of our page. It's uh, Amalgamania, your place for character carnage. And we would see what we can do with these battles where historically it would end in tears. But since then it's kind of branched out into all kinds of different content that we have. And uh, basically what we're looking to do is connect the geek uh, community. Whether you're a Doctor Who fan, whether you're Star Trek or Star Wars, or uh, if you're a comic fan like most of us are, just uh, finding a way to kind of get content to people that will make them look at their phone and be like, wow, this is great, oh, that's so cool, and then make some friends as a result. That's true. That's how uh, you and I hooked up. Yeah, exactly. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. This show's getting sexy. Um, so you have recently become a, a fan of, of our show. Um, Why? Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Well, it, that's that's a real great question, but um, I can answer it with, um, I really like how passionate you all get about the characters. Like, I started off listening to The Terminator, and I listened to Alfred Hitchcock, and, um, I mean, listening to that one about the gunslinger, oh, man, you have people just, like, frothing at the mouth to talk about their favorite character and just so passionate. I'm like wow, this is the show for me. I gotta listen to this. Well, I'm glad you uh, you enjoyed that. Those are uh, some of our most recent episodes. The the gunslinger one was one of my favorite episodes that we've done because we were able to incorporate a couple of a uh, couple of longtime listeners and good friends of ours and good friends of the show. And uh, plus, it helped us branch out and meet Jeremy Lloyd, who does the Dark Tower podcast. Because you know, in addition to us trying to get our name out there, we're also trying to promote other folks because everybody's got you know something that they do a talent that they have or 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 something about them that they want to share with the world and that's why i thought you know having you come on talk about what we're going to talk about today uh like i i thought that was a a great match um so being a fan of the show um or at least familiar with the show i don't want to go ahead and presume anything (laughs) you uh you know that when a first-time guest comes on, we have to get into character and get a little bit, get to know them a little bit. So, are you ready for your your five getting into character questions? Absolutely, I've I've always been described as quite a character. Oh well, then you'll fit right in. So, your first question is: If you were a superhero, what kind of sidekick would you have? Would it be like some sort of AI, like you know Jarvis? Would it be you know a kid like Robin? Or would it be an animal like, you know, Super Dog? Bat Dog? Super Dog? What? It's Crypto. Like the, oh, Crypto! Yeah. The Super Dog. Yeah. Yeah, hence why I called him Super Dog. I like the idea of a nagging um, robot wife like Karen from SpongeBob. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. I feel like that would add just some uh, interesting color commentary, like, oh, that's how you tie a knot? Oh, thanks, Karen. 
You're never going to make this grappling hook swing. Like, quiet. We're supposed to be. <laughs> this we're supposed is a to be quiet. mission. <laughs> All right. Uh, what is your favorite breed of dog? Oh, that's easy. A corgi. There you oh go. my god, they're so cute! I love corgis! <laughs> yeah, they, they look like the uh, hodgepodge mix-match uh, parts of other dogs all put together in one, and I just adore it. One of our co-workers has a corgi, and he tends to come in sometimes, and he's the cutest corgi ever! Yeah, he comes in, and his name is Ransom. I'm gonna hold we Ransom. Have... <laughs> oh my god. We have one we watch named uh, Obi-Wan. Nice. Although I did notice, I was I was uh, I was stalking through your Facebook trying to get some uh, some questions based on like you know stuff that you've posted, and I was concerned oh, what? What? because I was I was like, hmm, you know he has uh, you know your your post for International Dog Day was uh, you with a couple of cats, so I was I was interested to see what your uh, your answer was going to be to this question. So the next question, and uh, now. I'm the only one who's seen these questions. They haven't seen these, and I did this intentionally because I wanted them to be kind of disturbed by this next question. Uh, but this is based on a conversation you and I had earlier. Uh, who would you th- would you say is the sexiest Fraggle? <laughs> that is a great question. Um, I, I would have to say Moki because I, I think that she's into some freaky stuff. Yeah. See, I'm right there with you. Like, most people want to say red, but, like, it's got to be Moki. Boober. Boober all the way. Oh, my God. That guy's into some twisted shit. You know. Although... Yeah, I imagine you get some nude tail painting or something, some interesting use. Although, I bet bet Gobo has a freak flag, too. (laughs) You know, I have a... I have a Fraggles poster hanging in our bedroom. We do. So. <laughs> every time, that is every time it's sexy time, I look over like, what would Gobo do? <laughs> <laughs> I wish you could see Go Nicole's traveling. face right now. Oh. The Wembley does Wemble South. Ooh, and he is kind of spastic, <laughs> which could be beneficial. Yeah, but I don't know. It seems like. He would like spaz out, freak out, and just like bite your dick off. Like that, that just doesn't appeal to me. <laughs> like he's, he's too high strung. And we've gone blue. <laughs> oh, it's, it's been like six minutes. Um, this is also based on uh, what, we, what we discussed earlier. What is the one ocean creature you would not want to encounter while swimming? What a great question. One ocean creature. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know about the size of them, uh, but I, I certainly wouldn't want to meet an anglerfish just because Ooh. they're they're disgusting. Yeah, and they they're terrifying looking. Like those yeah. giant friggin' teeth that they have. Wait, that's the one from Finding Nemo. Yeah, right? with the little uh, bioluminescent bulb that yeah. hangs in the front of his face that attracts oh, fish. Like, I'm gonna get you. I'm gonna get you. I mean, I don't, I don't see how, uh, you know, we probably wouldn't encounter one of those, like, if you're just swimming around, because they do live fairly deep, but I definitely, you know, looking at it, I wouldn't want to encounter it anywhere. I don't even care if I was in a submersible, like, I would not want. Yeah, if we're talking of all time, I'm going to go with that Mosasaur from uh, Jurassic World. Yes. You know, that, I definitely do without that, but, um, you know. 
if I'm just like swimming about and I see this, uh, you know, benthic dweller that comes up to me and you know, I'm like, yeah, I'm out. Yeah, it's like, yep, I'm, I'm, I'm gone. Bye, bye. That's like, I had ocean time. I'm good. <laughs> yeah, I don't ever need to go back to the the sea again. I'm good. So, your final question: Homer Simpson or Al Bundy? Oh, Homer Simpson. Homer J. Simpson. You know, the J stands for J. Yes, it does, yeah. We learned that from Seth and Munchie. <laughs> J-A-Y. Yes. Um, yeah, and he... yeah, I'm a big Simpsons fan, so uh, I'd, I'd have to go with them. Okay. Yeah, I was going to say, uh, Homer and Bart, because Bart also, and Grandpa, all have the middle initial J following in the great the grand tradition of uh, Bullwinkle with the middle initial J. Bullwinkle J. Moose. Mm. I don't know if that was intentional, but, you know. Oh, I have a, I have a fun uh, Simpsons trivia fact for you, uh, Justin, that you may or may not know. Uh, there is a film called The Day of the Locust starring Donald Sutherland in which he plays a character named Homer Simpson. Oh, no kidding. Totally unrelated. Has nothing to do with the show, but... Is it for Fife in that movie? I, I don't think he does. I've never actually mm. seen it, but uh, I don't think he's the uh, curator, and I don't think he bans anyone's children or their children or their children's children for six months. But it seems like the type of thing uh, Donald Sutherland would do. Mm, I could see that. So what we're going to do now is we're going to take a quick break, and we are going to come back, and we're going to talk about... The uh, Justice League member from the 25th century. That's right. We're going to be talking Booster Gold with Justin, who is a huge Booster Gold fan. Uh, hence why we're on talking about Booster Gold, because he's basically going to be carrying the conversation. Uh, I have a few things to say about Mr. Gold myself, but uh, we'll pick that up on the other side of this break. So uh, hang with us, and we will be right back. Trick or Treat Radio is a phantasmagorical spin kick straight through the heart of pop culture, navigated by the Deadites. We are the world's greatest electroshock band, we destroy monsters, we drink booze, and we win championship belts. If you're not listening to Trick or Treat Radio, here's a taste of what you've been missing. There's three guarantees in life. What are they? Death, taxes, and Trick or Treat Radio every Friday morning. This is one of the most convoluted movies I've ever seen in my life. I'm fucking trying, man. Hi, hi, hi. Oh, yeah. Hey, hey, hey. Oh, yeah. It's like you took a shit on a pile of shit. But you shit on him right. for liking what he likes. Yeah, well, it's my job. This podcast is now banned in Germany. <laughs> it's me, Giovanni Lombardo Radici. Shut up. I call bullshit. I demand someone to bring me the face of Lindsay Okay. If I had genitals, I would definitely bang her. Oh, wait. Is she a great big fan person? You just hit the jackpot. This is a weird movie, huh? It had action. It had suspense. It had great characters. It had great acting. I'm going to strangle you with my jockey shorts. I don't like mobster movies. All right, well, here's my take. You're a sick fuck. Thank you. Now shut the fuck up and let me talk. Have you ever seen 2001? The okay. box, right? The box and the monkey. Available on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and trickortreatradio.com. Arrivederci. Deuce bad eggs. Hi, this is Samantha Newark, the voice of Jem and Jerrica from the original Jem and the Holograms cartoon series, and you are listening to Throwdown Thursday on the Grand Guineal Network. Fueled by tacos, beer, and Bloody Marys, the only show featuring baby Jesus with a nail gun, 
the pride of PA and the show with the eye of the tiger, ladies and gentlemen, Punch Farm. Hey, this is Mark from Punch Farm. I'm here with Mark Dose. Hello. I'm here with Alicia. Hello. I'm here with Nikki. Hey. Join us every Monday as we talk about life, tacos, beer, and movies. You can find us on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Google Play, and punchfarm.com. Keep on punching! <laughs> And we have returned. I hope you didn't miss us too much, but we are back. All of us. Justin, you still here with us? I am still here digging that intro music. Nice. That's our uh, that's our buddy Rocky, uh, also known as No Man, uh, his, performing his song Dead River. Uh, Rocky's, uh, Rocky's pretty awesome. He also does our... Uh, he does a lot of stuff for us. And... Uh, Including some very disturbing Photoshop of uh, myself as Star Sapphire, <laughs> so I may have to uh, post that picture again in the, no! in the, in the some in the group. say disturbing, some say really freaking hot. It's sexy. Some I say very confusing. I can't. I can't. Help <laughs> I the need fact some bleach that, to that get that image out of my listen, head. Listen, I make a sexy Star Sapphire. Like that's just the way it is. We're gonna have is, to do is, with Star I was Sapphire. Say, is that your? Say. Is that your next cosplay? Oh, it might be. I do know what my Rawr. next cosplay will be. Do you really? And it will be debuting at Rock and Shock. <gasps> Ooh, Ooh, you're cosplaying at Rock and Shock. Ooh, we'll have to talk later. I'll tell you in a minute. Okay. Inscription. Oh. We're passing notes. That's fine. Because this is a radio show, so that, that plays well. <laughs> you can't see us. So You're welcome. <laughs> we are, uh, like I said, we're going to be talking about Booster Gold. And uh, Justin, since you are the one who chose this, uh, why don't you t- give us a little bit of background on why you chose Booster Gold and uh, what makes him so appealing to you as a character? Absolutely. Uh, first of all, I mean, you got to talk about Booster Gold as such a polarizing character. If you um, if you have a conversation with any comic fan, uh, they're either going to really love him or hate him, or they haven't even heard of him. So I guess there's three options. So uh, it's it's just kind of an interesting thing. What I really like about this character actually starts after, like a good deal after um, when you were talking to, um, let's see, we were talking to Dynamo about um, his relationship with Blue Beetle and how they were kind of like the Abbott and Costello or Jay and Silent Bob. Yeah, he kind of aimed a different character after um, a comic event called 52 and he pretty much evolved and just changed into this completely different character and that's that's what I really like about him the uh, amount of growth that he's shown so yeah see it's um, see I don't know a whole lot uh, coming into this I didn't know a whole lot about uh, about Booster Gold my first exposure to him was in the Death of Superman series where uh, Doomsday uh, easily dispatches most of the Justice League and then uh, punches Booster so hard that it overpowers his flight ring. He has to be ca- caught by Superman. And uh, I do believe his uh, uh, greatest uh, contribution to the battle against Doomsday is giving him his name. Because he didn't, he didn't do a whole lot. I mean, not that anybody else really did, but... Um, 
you know, Doomsday took that full brunt of uh, everything that everybody had, including draining all of his uh, his energy out of like when they when they blasted him with all their energy blasts. Um, yeah, yeah, you're spot on. I mean, that's that's the thing. Um, the the basic uh, sort of the character trait about him is that he's someone that even though he knows what's going to happen, he's still going to contribute. And he was right there taking the first punches from Doomsday, even though he knew that Superman would die. Yeah, and so I think I think help. see, and I think that kind of fit into his character where he decided like, oh yeah, Doomsday is here. It's like. You know, I'm surprised he didn't like you know take a quick uh, jaunt down to the patent office and uh, <laughs> <laughs> trademark the name because that's really what uh, you know the crux of his character is. Like he's a guy who you know went through a lot of uh, hard times after uh, his mom got sick mm-hmm. and decided yep. to travel back in time and uh, you know strike it rich. You know, become a superhero, be rich. Um. Exactly right. And, and his origin is basically that of a villain. So until until you had seen him come out in 1986, the only, um, the only person that would steal something and travel back in time to do something would have been a villain. So they, they start out with all these uh, sort of villain tropes where he's selfish, he's materialistic, he's buffoonish. And um, he's very much a, pro- a product of the 80s when he was created. He's this kind of uh, anachronism of uh, a character of excess. Yeah, and that's kind of how he starts out. Yeah, he's very much a product of the me generation. Uh, you know, where all the bumper stickers, everything. He who dies with the most toys wins, like that type mm-hmm. of... Uh, because it, he had to be set apart, and I think Jurgens did a really good job, Dan Jurgens, when he created him... Um, where he really encapsulated, like you said, you know, it, he's a hero, but, like, he was a hero for that age. Like, you know, Superman and Captain America, you know, were like, truth, justice, in the American way, even though Superman's not American, but we'll get into that another time. Um, everything was all, like, you know, a product of the time uh, in which the character was created. And in this case, you know, you know, he kind of had good motivation, like... Hey, I have to help my mom, but you know he went about it in a very non-heroic way. Ashes, yeah, you look like you got something to say. Well, I was just curious, like, what the hell is a booster gold? Like, how did he get that that name? Because it sounds like a drink that my friends and I would have made up, like in college. Booster came from a childhood nickname, and then I think in the comics, Ronald Reagan kind of he kind of stemmed off of that i'm not really sure yeah he he like rescued reagan from what was the name of the villain justin oh god i i think i have it in this book somewhere but yeah you, you're right um I it think was like it was some tr- lame villain name i don't okay, remember sure it's in here somewhere but yeah, he, so it kind of stuck yeah. and a lot of people they make a running joke of his name being buster instead of booster mm-hmm yep and uh, in the uh, Justice League uh, international cartoon, they call him um, they call him Green Lantern. He's like, I'm not green. <laughs> yeah, all the uh, all the kids looking for autographs. He's like, sure, I'll sign an autograph for you, sport. Oh, I thought you were Green Lantern. It's like, what? <laughs> I'm not green. And that uh, that's just a, that was a great episode. Um, they had uh, I want to say Tom Everett Scott 
doing the voice of it, and and he was one of the he was the drummer shades in that thing you do. Okay, he just he emphasized it so well, just the the way he was, just kind of a, a jerk about things, and I, I I really love that episode. It was a really good one, good idea of of kind of who he was as a person. He's someone that makes a lot of mistakes, and unlike uh, Green Lantern, Hal Jordan, yeah. Hal Jordan tends to capitalize on his mistakes, and they turn into good things for him. Well, Booster falls on his face a lot. Big difference in the characters. Yeah, I, there is a uh, there is a great dynamic between like who he was, you know, because a lot of people weren't really, you know, relating to them because it's kind of like it was almost like a. Uh, like a dirty mirror looking at yourself in the 80s like this is what you know the heroes of our time are are uh, portrayed as because this is what we are like that kind of sucks i don't want to really you know i don't want to face up to that so they ended up bringing um you know superman in to kind of have a, like a, a running confrontation with him to kind of mm-hmm. boost his popularity cuz you know superman's very very popular um and Superman hated him. <laughs> Which makes sense, because he's the opposite of what Superman is. Like, where Superman is selfless and will do anything, including die, to protect people. Booster's more like, alright, how can I make a buck off of this? And it's funny, because the analogs that I think of for him at the time are someone like a Peter Venkman. You know, the um, the character that's going to do something right, but hey, I want to make a little money off it. How about a little something for me? Exactly. You know, like a Tony Stark, even like a Han Solo sort of character. I know that's a dangerous comparison for people, but I'm just putting it out there. No, I think that's uh, that's an apt comparison, to be honest, because he's, you know, he starts off as this guy who's like, yeah, I have all these skills, but, you know, I can make a profit with these skills. I mean, I'm not, you know, like uh, Heath Ledger's Joker said, if you're good at something, never do it for free. And that's I would not say early booster was really good at things. So. Well, no, but you know he he knew what he wanted to do, and he knew you know that he wanted to make money off of it. So, I mean, yeah, he has no idea how to be a hero because he's not a hero. It's like, hey, let me throw on this suit now. I'm a hero. It's like, no, you're not. Like, uh, didn't Superman say something to him? Like, you know the the. The suit doesn't make the hero. The hero makes the suit. Something like that. I'm sure it's been said a hundred times. But like, I, you're right, and and um, I, I would argue that Captain America stole that from him. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm sure that's been said. You know, it's based on the the, the clothes make the man saying. You know, not the other way around. But you know, it's one of those things where he had no real plan other than I'm going to go back in time and I'm going to make a ton of money, like. All of his stuff was, um, he, he basically, he was, a, he was a, a security guard at a museum, and he decided, you know, the Museum of Superheroes in Metropolis, and he decided, ooh, flight rink, that's kind of cool. Oh, well, let me take this utility belt. Ooh, this looks like a flashy costume, like, this will be great. And, like, that was the thing. Nobody really knew he was from the future. And, like, you know, certain things would, like, be really out of place. Like, he wouldn't know, like, specific customs or idioms or, like, you know, different phrases. Like, he wouldn't quite... Like, it was almost to the point of understanding, but, like, the subtle nuances of, you know, 80s culture were not the same as, you know, the 25th century where he was from. And and that's where I I compare his series a lot to uh, Quantum Leap. And um, 
that show, just uh, the Sam Beckett character from from uh, Quantum Leap, where he kind of jumps into different time periods, and that's really after um, after fifty two, when um, he was being written by Jeff Johns, he really turned into that sort of different scenario each issue. It would be. Yeah, that's. I think that's a really good comparison because, you know. You know, basically every every episode, Sam was thrown into a different situation. He had no idea who he even was. Was he a child? Was he a woman? Was he a guy? You know, mm-hmm. what kind of guy was he? You know, was he you know rich, poor? You know, what you know, a lot of different things. Um, yeah, and I mean, he was a glory hound, and he was someone who was looking for fame. I mean, there was one point where he married a, a rich elderly woman. You know, and it was just this constant comedy going back forth. Then there was a point where I think they actually went to hell and they were flipping burgers in hell together. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> now, see, I've heard he's got he, uh, especially once he teamed up with uh, with Ted. Um, uh, for those of you who aren't from Ted Ted Cord, the Blue Beetle is who I'm referring to, and we did touch on this a bit in uh, in our third episode, Beetles from Mars, that uh, Justin referenced earlier, where we discussed. The Blue Beetle. Um, he, uh, I, I don't know the uh, specifics, and I was hoping Dynamo was going to leave us a voicemail, but uh, he didn't get a chance to. Um, where there's like some big mission that the Justice League goes on, and you know the Beetle and Booster decide that the best way that they can contribute is to open a casino and raise money. Oh, the island of Kui Kui Kui. They they started a casino and resort there, and it was just uh, it was an epic failure and hilarious. See, and that's that's what I I, I like about these guys. Like, they're such a uh, an unintentional comedy team. Like, they don't mean to be, but like that's just you know who yeah, it's so who they are. Because Beetle is the one who's cracking jokes, but he's playing the straight man. You know, to, to Booster is just so outlandish, and, you know, at times he's the one who's being serious about things, but like you said, he doesn't really understand. Right. And he just kind of wants attention. And that's understandable. So how did they team up? Was there, like, a, a great event that caused them to work together, and they decided that they made a great team, or was it by accident, or... Kind of like stepbrothers. Did we just become best friends? Yeah, you know, John Stamos. <laughs> um yeah. <laughs> it was a situation where they started um, on a team together called the Justice League International. It started out as Justice League. It was like the second incarnation of the team. Um, Batman was on it, Martian Manhunter, but no Superman, Wonder Woman, Flash at that point. And um, the benefactor of the team was a guy named Maxwell Lord, and he um, actually brought on a corporate-sponsored superhero, which was Booster Gold. So that was maybe I want to say like episode or issue like four or five, and then he just starts talking to Beetle, and they find out that they have a lot in common. They both like looking for chicks and making money, and it just kind of they just they started being written very well by uh, J.M. Demantis and uh, Keith Geffen, and just uh, a lot of good comedy came out of that. Yeah, especially when you have like two characters that are that are kind of like that, like you know. Uh, Ted Cord's not, you know, like the usual straight-laced, you know, type of guy. You know, he's got some, you know, some some comedy to him. He's not, you know, you're t- like kind of like a, uh, I mean, based on his background and who he is, I'd compare him more closely to Iron Man than, like, say, Oliver Queen or Bruce Wayne. 
Because, I mean, they're all billionaires. They all, you know, are, are superheroes without any real powers other than, like, the gadgets and things that they have. But as far as the um, personalities that they have, I would say he's closer to a Tony Stark than he is to a Batman. And that plays really well with uh, who Booster Gold is, you know, in in the combination of he doesn't quite understand, you know, what's going on. He's still slowly acclimating to uh, to life in, you know, the present, but his past. Um, which, you know, it seemed to me like that was a, a, a very rash decision. Like, it didn't seem like he did a whole lot of research, you know, on... <laughs> culture and everything before just you know for lack of a better word leaping backwards he had Skeets who was his uh, robot sidekick that would give him all the information that he needed oh that's true yeah yeah voiced by uh, Billy West in the uh, the animated series Dimpy himself or Fry yeah I was gonna say it's it it was definitely the uh, the Fry voice like it wasn't even like I thought I was listening to a Futurama voiceover like he didn't even Good try to change it. Good one. <laughs> um, so there's a there's a lot like the whole new fifty two thing. The 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 what's the word that I'm looking for when well, they been, did the, been before that. Yeah, the the series fifty two basically dealt with a whole bunch of different characters like the question and. Um, and uh, Booster Gold and Batwoman, and it was kind of introducing a world without Superman, Wonder Woman, and Batman. And um, Booster Gold was pretty much the star of that book. He um, he started out in in this book as being his glory hound self, and he kind of fell on his face. And then he tricked everybody uh, into thinking that he was this other mm-hmm. character called Supernova. So and then um, after after that it goes all the way to the end and I don't know if you want me to spoil the end of this one is that all right or yeah go ahead right. well um, it it turns out that um, a villain called Mister Mind who is a tiny little worm got stuck inside of Skeets and was trying to destroy the entire multiverse and the only one that could stop him was Booster Gold and he couldn't tell anyone because if he told anyone then other time travelers or anyone else could you know undo what he did. So his best protection was the fact that the world saw him as this inept idiot oaf that could never take um, credit for doing this great thing. You think about a character trait where someone who really, really wants credit, he can't. He can't take it. Otherwise, everything would have been undone and everything would have been destroyed. And that's really where the character changed. And I think that's like a brilliant way to to uh, to write a book. Like There are so many times where it's just like, Oh, I undid everything with time travel. Oh, I undid everything because it was a dream. Oh, I did. like this yes, is I, like yeah, and two. Yeah, <laughs> like this isn't like I've written myself into a corner and I have no idea what I'm going to do. This is like a really well thought out, um, you know, cohesive and coherent, you know, storyline where it's like this character is put into a situation where he has to completely go against his you know, better judgment and his normal, like, his instinctual way of acting in order to truly be the hero that he wants to be, but no one can know about it. So, And that's what gets me so excited about it. It's like, oh, you can't believe it! You can't believe what happened! And no one will listen. 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, it's kind of like the uh, Futurama episode with Fry, where he defeats the brains, but nobody listens to him or believes him. Well, he was the greatest. Yes, he was the greatest, and then the brain left Earth for no reason. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting looks. So what makes... Um, so why do you like Booster Gold so much? Like, what kind of... Um, impact has he had for you when reading comics like what do you what is some of the favorite moments that you enjoy of booster gold now um with booster i think that 52 was amazing but the thing that i even lose sight of is i was reading the booster gold comics when these events were coming out like blackest night Mm -hmm. and you know ted court is dead he had just gotten killed in infinite crisis and um his zombie comes back to life and he's messing with booster and I'm reading through these, and I'm like, oh, man, did you read Blackest Night? It was all about Booster Gold. No, no, it's not. It's about Green Lantern. Oh, wait. Um, or um, I, I would read Flashpoint, and it would be another great story about Booster Gold talking to Batman, Thomas Wayne, you know, about his son, Bruce Wayne, who died. Like, wait, that's just like all these little fringe stories that happen around these giant events. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the most recent ones, um, Convergence, was great. It was all about uh, time travelers. Who else but Booster Gold to have in that? And, and he played an integral part. But um, Final Crisis, when Batman was actually um, hit with the Omega Beams and he was killed, everyone thought he was killed. Well, that's the thing. There was this whole story, The Return of Bruce Wayne, where he was actually sent backwards, hurtling forwards in time in an entropy bomb by Darkseid. Now, there was a series that not a lot of people read called Time Master's Vanishing Point, which is uh, Booster Gold and Rip Hunter, Superman and Green Lantern, going to try to rescue Bruce Wayne before he, he comes and destroys all of time and existence from Darkseid. And I mean, that's a huge story, and it's like, oh, what, no one read this? I'm like, really? So that's why I want to get the get out there. It's like, there's a lot of great books out there. I mean, this is stuff that's written by Jeff Johns and you know uh, Keith Geffen, and it's really, really good stuff, and it gets me like super jazzed about comics. I'm like, man, you gotta read this! Vanishing point was the thing I was trying to remember. I couldn't. I couldn't remember the the, the word vanishing point because that introduced like a, a whole series of problems where you know the alternate version of Booster Gold becomes what is it? Wave Rider. Yes. Like yeah. this immortal now, time god. Yeah. Yep. And and if you go even even further back to that, to uh, um, right before the new Fifty Two came, um, Wave Rider's skin was taken by Skeets. So there's like all these sort of continuity things where it's like, wait, what's going on here? Who's really Wave Rider? So, and I mean, Rip Hunter is basically Booster Gold's son. We've just never found out who his mom is. So DC Legends of Tomorrow is about Booster Gold's son. That's why he's such an important character. And it's funny because Rip Hunter, his son, is the one who designed the time machine. Mm -hmm. So you have like a John Connor, Kyle Reese thing. Exactly. Like, if he doesn't go back in time, he can never have this kid, and the kid can never uh, create the time machine that sends him back in time. You have a, what's called a temporal causality loop, where you go back in time to uh, put into motion the very thing that sent you back in time in the first place. Like becoming your own grandfather. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then you lack the Delta brainwave. <laughs> We're going to have to have you back on for a Futurama episode, because we've been just... Yep. Circle, have we not? <laughs> <laughs> just dropping all the Futurama stuff. I mean, Fry himself is technically a time traveler, even if you discount the actual time machines that he was, uh, you know, privy to. Um, 
So, let me just throw this out there. Who are your top five time travelers aside from Booster Gold? You know, I know it has nothing to do with the actual character, but who are, the, who are your top five? Wow. Um, let's see. Time travelers. I want to go with Bishop from the X-Men, uh, Cable from the X-Men, Doctor Who, but I'm going to go with the Tenth Doctor. Yes. Um, just got to gotta love uh, little David Tennant there. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's three. Um, gee. Um, I don't know. I could do three, I suppose. Uh, all, all the rest would be either X-Men characters or Doctor Who's. No uh, Marty McFly in there? Oh, of course, Marty. Oh, I'm an idiot. Yeah. I would go with uh, Marty McFly. Absolutely. And rounding off the fifth would definitely be Jean-Claude Van Damme and Time Cop. Well, of course, because uh, <laughs> if you beat yourself, you just might melt. That's true. I'm still kicking. I must be on Broadway. Oh. <laughs> I'm sad that I can quote that movie. So <laughs> Say someone was interested in learning more about this character, uh, what would you recommend? Like, Lots of if, <laughs> um, You know, like, where where should somebody start as far as trying to learn more about Booster Gold? I, I would say um, the post-52 series, the Booster Gold series, is a great place to start. Um, that kind of dovetails into one thing I wanted to mention about uh, a recent article I just uh, read that uh, Patsy had written, and that's um, about the Joker. Well, one of the things on this was um, Booster Gold actually went back in time to try and stop the killing joke. He tried to stop Barbara Gordon from getting shot by the Joker. And that was one of the most compelling stories I think I've ever read in any comic. Just how he just kept trying and trying. And I mean, the Joker is a clown. He's a clown with a crowbar and and a joy buzzer and like an acid-spitting flower. And Booster Gold has a force field and can shoot and fly and all that stuff. But he just kept getting hit with a crowbar, kept getting knocked out and kept getting beaten relentlessly by the Joker. He just could not win. And um, it was a story to teach him that time is fixed in certain spots, and he couldn't fix it. And, I mean, it showed the formidability of the Joker, and it showed just the tenacity of this character, and he was going to try to eventually go back in time and save Ted Cord, the Blue Beetle. Um, I would say that's an awesome story to check out for anybody. It's uh, Booster Gold number 5. I would definitely check that one out. Um, that would be a great place to start. Now, you had uh, you had mentioned a specific theory uh, that you had regarding the Joker about so ah. why the Joker. You know, you look at him, you don't you see like this skinny guy who's insanely crazy, but you know he doesn't really strike you as a physically imposing foe. But you had an idea of why, and this this could go along to how uh, he was able to defeat uh, Booster Gold over and over again. Yeah, my, my running theory is that the Joker is actually a, a servant of chaos. So the Lords of Chaos, as opposed to, say, Dr. Fate, who serves the Lords of Order. And that would certainly explain how he's able to survive and you can never find a body. Is he teleported mm-hmm. out? Is he magically regenerated anything along those lines? I have a feeling that, you know, that could be something that, that they add to this mythos of the character. Um, I mean, I, I'm kind of hoping they don't. But, uh, you know, and they, they kind of leave us uh, a little bit of mystery about the man. But um, I, I do think that if they added that, that would certainly explain why Batman um, sits on the god chair for Metron in the Dark Side War and asks about the Joker and says that there have been three of them. I'm like, oh, well, that, that's kind of interesting. Are they going to do anything special with that? Are they going to say that he does have these powers or that someone, some divine hand is guiding him in his chaos? And that's kind of my theory on it. Yeah, and I, 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 I find that to be a very 
plausible theory because I mean, how else do you explain, you know, the things that he's done throughout, you know, the the eighty years of comics almost that he's appeared in? You you could even say that his looks have been different too, because if if you go back to Death in the Family and you take a look at the Jim Aparo drawing and it's very different, and then Hush with Jim Lee's drawing, and then. You know, you've got the uh, Greg Capullo drawing where he had his face cut off and stapled back on. It's you could even make that argument. I have that action figure hanging in my in my man room. Ooh. Oh yeah, gift from the wife a few years ago. Yeah. I think. That's a hell of- or I bought it. I forget. I don't know. We we get so many like figures and things. They all kind of blend together. You should see our Funko collection. It's ridiculous. So, this has been a very good conversation, and I think that... I have one more question. Oh, oh. Don't cut me off. No, I wasn't going to say, I, I think no, we should, you know, start to wrap it up. Yeah, That's so I have... A, it's a two-parter. Um, first part is, would you like to see the character of Booster Gold portrayed on the big screen? And second part of that is, who would you cast? Hmm. On the big screen, I think it would be an absolute waste um, just based on the quality of DC movies that are coming out. Just uh, being honest, I would much rather see him on The Flash. Um, okay. My ideal casting for uh, Booster Gold and Blue Beetle would be Tom Servo and Crow. <laughs> yes. That's fair. I mean, I, I think that a show based on that would be a lot more interesting than anything else that they could come out with. But, I mean, um, past that, uh, I, I always liked uh, the dynamic of uh, Tom Everett, Scott, and uh, maybe a Steve Zahn. Um, okay. I, I thought that would be cool. Maybe, maybe they're getting a bit old now. I don't know. I don't know how Hollywood works. I'm just a guy. See, I, you know, you and I had this conversation as well, but I had a a specific casting that I wanted to go yeah. with. I said Nathan Fillion and uh, Alan Tudyk. Fillion, obviously, being... Uh, Booster. Being Booster Gold. Yeah, that's a good one. I know um, Dynamo had asked me that question a couple of episodes ago, and my my choice for Booster Gold, if they did go mainstream, Booster Gold and uh, Blue Beetle would be Army Hammer, who's been rumored to be the Green Lantern. I think um, if you are familiar with Army Hammer, his personality and the way he is would be a perfect aesthetically and just personality be a great booster gold. And for like the straight lace kind of uh, normal guy who has good laughs and good jokes would be uh, John Krasinski would be his uh, tag team partner. Mm. Did you see him in Man from Uncle? I mean, he I was love that movie. <laughs> yeah, Army Hammer can. Yeah, that's that's a that's a good choice there. I like that. He's, he's a bit more the physicality. Yeah, so. I'm sorry. I just can't get over the fact that his name is Army, which is short for Armand, which means his name is Armand Hammer, which means <laughs> he's fucking baking soda. Like that's all I can think of every time I see him. Yeah, unfortunately, but it's a family name, so... Did you see The Lone Ranger? No, of course you didn't, because you're a person. Excuse me, I actually did see The Lone Ranger. So you're the guy? <laughs> yeah, I'm that guy. I heard that movie came with free pogs. <laughs> Damn it, I didn't get the free pogs. Not no. to be confused with porgs. I actually, Porg. I didn't see the movie in theater, I actually bought the DVD, so... It's I only okay, did it for... I'm Carter from Mars, so... <laughs> Hey, you know Edgar Rice Burroughs does a does a, a makes a mean character, and I just didn't do it justice. Yeah, he was not my Dotar Sojat. Nope, 
So I think what we're going to do is, uh, Justin, did you want to uh, hang around with us through our final segment? or? Uh, yeah. All right. Sounds good. Do you mind if I just uh, mention that we have our uh, raffle going for oh. Amalgam? Go ahead. Yes, Shake, but plug, this, will, uh, this will be like one of the last couple of days that we'll be able to do it because this actually is going to air on the 14th, and I believe the 15th is the drawing if I'm not if correct. I'm, so this will be the last chance. And um, if, if you haven't yet, check out Amalgamania on Facebook. Um, it's a great community. Shout out to Ian Wallace and uh, Taryn Barber. And uh, it's uh, a great place uh, to go and to meet people, connect, and uh, just uh, kind of let your geek flag fly. Yeah, because there, there are constantly uh, contests. I've actually won a couple of contests. I won a, uh, a Galvacore contest where... Uh, oh, nice. We had to uh, come up with three, three weapons that we would take into battle with us, and I chose uh, the Autobot Matrix of Leadership, oh. the Spear of Longinus, and the uh, Sudarsan Chakra, which is uh, from Hindu mythology, where it's used to kill gods. Yeah, I would just want to say Longinus. <laughs> well, I was going to say Spear of Destiny, but you know, I wanted to <laughs> elicit some giggles from the crowd. And I want a I want a sweet Halo uh, vehicle set, oh, which was very nice. Um, now, do you happen to have the uh, the the raffle prizes uh, handy so you can let folks know what they're going? Because I bought my raffle tickets. Like you, you're maxed out at ten. Yeah, dollar yep. each. You're maxed out at ten. I bought my ten. Uh, but why don't you tell the folks what? They're uh, what they're looking for, and we will definitely be posting this. Um, you know, I'll make sure to post it into the into uh, our site and you know Justin you feel free to post it onto our Facebook group um, oh, sure. to kind of like you know build up hype for this show as well because like I said it's not this will air next week um, so this way we can kind of like you know get uh, kind of like a trailer almost ooh the teaser yes there's um there's two different prizes one is Marvel one is DC um, they each come in respective uh, backpacks or bags I think uh, there's a Harley Quinn bag um, that's actually pretty cool. Um, and then the other one is uh, Marvel Avengers. So there is um, all kinds of books in there. So there's comics. There's um, action figures. I think I saw, like, pencils and uh, school supplies, things things of that nature. Any Anything that you could want that would be um, uh, related to Marvel or DC. So I'm particularly excited for the DC one myself. Um, there's not enough X-Men in the Marvel one for my taste. So if I win, I'm totally giving it away. Yeah, there's some there's some badass stuff in in both of these, and it's like, like I would say that the the um, the value of each of these prizes uh, easily exceeds a hundred dollars. Yeah, I you showed me those um, the prizes uh, last week, and I was like, wow, these are really cool. I will definitely put some. A little crazy. Yeah, but there's it's, no such thing. It's totally worth <laughs> buying ten dollars worth of yeah, tickets. Yeah, I agree. Even if you don't win, like you're contributing towards the uh, the the the, the group and the call, you know yeah. future contests. Like I just won a, a a comic book. You know we there's contests all the time. You know and it's not just for you know for the guys. You know Taryn runs the uh, Amalga Beauties Face Off contest <laughs> where you do makeup designs based on different heroes and, and different mm-hmm. characters. Um, you know, yeah, we do a relationship segment on Friday nights. We do art contests. We do um, Galvacore on Mondays. Uh, 
I mean, I just did a contest for the Tick, how the Tick was coming out, and I'm giving away three Tick comics. See? So just absolutely random. Just uh, when we come across them, it's uh, an opportunity to get people talking about stuff and get people connected. And uh, now we're connected all over the globe. Yeah, which is awesome. And, you know, we have, you know, our listenership, you know, we have uh, a shout-out to our uh, our uh, our friends out in Tokyo. Uh, we have a... a We've had we've had listened we've had people listen to us on every continent except Antarctica, so that's what we're shooting for next. So we might we might do an episode on the penguin, just to uh, <laughs> just to, just to uh, pander to that audience a little bit. <laughs> or that movie Paul Walker was in with the dogs. Was it uh, Eight Below? Yes, yes, yeah. So we're you know the thing we can do the thing. Oh, the thing. Happy yeah. feet. Happy feet. Yep. <laughs> yep. So we'll uh, we'll do we'll we'll do something to pander to the Antarctica audience. I feel like that's an under underserved audience. Well, they're non-indigenous, so I could see that. That's true. But uh, we could corner the market. Mm. Small market, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Only a thousand people at any given time. Um, all right, so I think what we'll go, what we'll do then is uh, we'll wrap this up. We'll head off to a break, and we come back. We'll have. Uh, our closing thoughts. We'll have our new battle. We'll have our uh, our science fact. We have some some wine knowledge, and uh, Ash just has a little bit of a story to tell. So uh, we'll be back in just a moment. My name is Kurando Mitsutake, director of Gun Woman and Karate Kill, and you're listening to Throwdown Thursday Podcast. Hello, this is the Sasquatch, aka Bigfoot, but you can just call me Frank, and when I'm not stomping around the woods throwing rocks at hunters, I like to listen to the Paranormal Punchers Podcast. That's right, Paranormal Punchers. They talk about all things paranormal, and they're hilarious. Go find them on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Google Play, and ParanormalPunches.com. And we've returned. Uh, that's a uh, nice, nice Agent Nicole theme song by our good buddy J-Mac. Jeremy McFarlane of the Atomic Age Media and Cabal Corner podcast. So, we have a, uh, 
a battle coming up this week. And uh, I think it's an interesting battle. We just decided what it was going to be right before the episode. I thought of it while urinating downstairs. Uh, sometimes that's, that's very when, nice. That's when the best ideas come to you. You know, we like you know shower thoughts. You know, bathroom thoughts. You know, you're you're in there like you're not thinking about anything else, and then all of a sudden it's like, bam! Great ideas come to you. It's true. So, do you guys want to do your thing? You ready for this, Jelly? <laughs> are we? How are we? Are, are we counting? Are we counting? <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> I totally like the one time that I'm like setting you up and like getting you ready. I was ready. I'm looking over. over I'm sorry. Are you new? (laughs) I don't know. Probably not. All right. Three, two, one. Sure. Okay. Three, Three, two, two, one. It's a motherfucking throwdown. Woo. So tonight or today, this afternoon, it's technically afternoon. It's morning. Uh, It's five o'clock somewhere. Um, yes. So the the thing we came up with today is we're trying to find a good match for Booster Gold. And Justin, you and I went back and forth on this for a while, trying to figure out who would be a good That's match for him. And you know, we we tossed a couple of ideas back and forth, and you know, some of those ideas we actually talked about on the show today, like you know, Sam Beckett. Mm-hmm. But. Uh, I think instead of, like, an actual fight, uh, we're going to do something a little different. So, the battle this week is whose get-rich-quick time-travel scheme uh, was better? Like, you know, not how was, you know, not, you know, the results, but who had a better idea? Do you think it was Booster Gold, based on everything that we've uh, told you about today? Or Biff Tannen from Back to the Future? And I already know who Agent Nicole is going to pick because she is unfamiliar with one of those one of those characters. Can we not talk about? Because that? somebody has never seen Back to the Future. What? Yeah. Oh. You know what? Why do you do this to me? Because I'm setting up. That's going to be our next show. We're going to talk. Doc we'll talk Brown. about it. We'll talk about. No, it. I think th- I. If you think we should talk. The, the characters of Doc Brown and Marty McFly in the next in the next episode. I'm going to put up a poll today because this isn't going to because by the time this comes out, we'll only have a couple of days. But I'm going to put up a poll today. If you think we should talk about that as a way to make Nicole watch this movie, and then the second movie, and then the third movie with the hover train. Oh, I, think I mean, it's one of the most original movies of all time. It is. And it's and they had a ride, and the attention to detail, you know, Twin Pines Mall, Lone Pine Mall, you know, I don't want to get too far into it. Hugh Lewis, yes, one of the greatest uh, t- movie themes of all time. That's not done by uh, Kenny Loggins. <laughs> so I, I think that we have to make this happen. I'm going to start a poll tonight, but uh, yeah, the. Uh, the question is, who had the better travel through time, get rich quick scheme? So that's going to be our battle. But uh, did you did you name who the guy players yeah, Biff were? Okay, Biff Tannen. 
I, did and I? Then say he went it? on a tangent. I did go on a tangent. Sorry, like he went on a tangent, and I just zoned out. I so do. Yeah, I apologize. I yeah, just like at home. Yeah. What else is new? But today we are uh, we are also because it is today, and it's an even numbered episode. You know what that means, everybody? It means it is time for a science fact from the blackness of space, timeless from the void. You terrified to learn of Patsy's science facts. <laughs> so today, today we are going to talk about, or I'm going to talk about, uh, some very small particles of matter, and uh, I'm going to be referring to a quark. Now, a quark is a very, very small thing. It's one of the smallest things we can actually observe. And when I say observe, I don't mean like look through a microscope and see. I'm saying we can observe it by, you know, like we can't physically see black holes, but we can observe them by looking at things around them and seeing how they behave. Uh, so, and that's how uh, quarks work because they're so small. Uh, what they do is they combine to form hadrons. They have no specific shape or size and therefore cannot be measured uh, in, a, in, a standard, in a standard way. What we do know is that they are 2,000 times smaller than a proton. Uh, to give you a further uh, a magnitude of the, the scale of how small these things are, they are 430 million billionths of a meter. They are 60,000 times smaller than a hydrogen atom and 2.4 billion billion times smaller than a DNA helix. That's very not big. Um, So yeah, they're incredibly small. They're one of the smallest things we can actually uh, observe that aren't theoretical at this point. Like, we've proved their existence. But uh, yeah, quarks very very small. So, uh, Ashes, you got any, you got anything for us today? Oh, do I have something for you? So, Ashes has two things, but we're gonna start with the von Ni- von Nightmare Vineyards. start off by saying uh so this is airing on thursday september 14th on wednesday september 13th was yours truly and patsy the angry nerds eighth anniversary eight consecutive (laughs) i got i have put up with this guy for eight whole years at this point so one um, presidential uh term after another so speaking of wine, feel free to send me Obama. some. Happy <laughs> Obama anniversary! Oh my God, I'm totally making you a card that says that. Nicole, get on that Photoshop. <laughs> so, anyways, I was gonna say something nice, but fuck that. <laughs> Happy Obama anniversary. <laughs> 
I love you, you big lug. Oh, thank you. I love me too. Anniversary. I'm sorry. Is that the hope anniversary? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, we each get each other a box of hope. <laughs> a new hope. Ooh, yeah. Ooh. That would be good. So, anyways, getting back to the wine. This is something that I've actually mentioned before, but it is back. It has returned. Guys, Apothic Inferno is back. In case you don't remember, Apothic Inferno is a small batch, limited release red blend that has been aged for 60 days in whiskey barrels. It is red and dark uh, fruit flavors combined with layers of maple and spice giving way to a long, clean finish guys this stuff is fucking good like i don't know it's fucking good dude like if you like bolder flavors if you aren't a huge fan of wine but definitely like your your liqueurs like your uh whiskeys or scotch or brandy or whatever um check out this wine i think you'll really enjoy it I'm also uh, a whiskey drinker. Shocker. I know I drink stuff other, uh, you know, uh, aside from wine. Um, so it definitely has like a, has the very bold, rich flavors of a red with the bite of, of whiskey. And it is so good. So it is back in stores. Apothic Inferno. It is a limited release, which means that it will probably only be here uh, for a couple of months, uh, it is replacing the rosé, Apothic rosé, that was out for the spring-summer season. So definitely go check it out. It's delicious. I love it. Hey, uh, Wolfie, you know somebody who enjoys Apothic wine, don't you? I do. Yeah. I, uh, I did let her know that this was back, and she seemed very excited about it. Uh, yes, I think she is. So, um, Justin. Yes? Uh, before we get into this last segment, I do want to say thank you for joining us and, and, and uh, hanging out with us tonight. It was definitely good having you here, dropping some uh, some knowledge about uh, Booster Gold. Because, you know, this is part of what we like to do is, you know, get a character that maybe uh, we're not overly familiar with, we don't know a whole lot about, but get somebody else uh, who does know this character and is very passionate about them. So I want to thank you for uh, enlightening us and our audience. Yeah, i got to thank my friend Todd uh, for introducing me years ago because I was uh, strictly a Marvel guy until uh, Crisis on Infinite Earths hit, and then um, after that I branched out into all these comics. Yeah, so, you know, it's a, a nice long confluence of events. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm friends with one of the admins over at uh, Amalgamania. That's uh, Kurt. Kurt added me to the group because he thought I would enjoy it, and then uh, that's how I got in touch with you, and, you know, here you are. And now I'm going to have to get some Apothic wine. Yes. Oh, this is good stuff. Like, I'm not a huge red wine guy, especially, like, the drier. Like, I like the sweeter types of reds, but uh, this Apothic stuff, yeah, it definitely has a nice bite to it. You can definitely taste the whiskey barrel aging. I was going to ask you, Justin, what do you like to drink? Um, usually tears. <laughs> Fair. 
No, um, I'm I'm a big fan of uh, reds and uh, and whites uh, wine. I, I do have that a uh, lot with dinner, um, pastas and, and things like that. I do like to cook a little bit. I cook uh, primarily with wine when I cook. Do you also put it in the food? That was uh, yes. <laughs> one for you, one for me. Exactly. <laughs> That's how I do it too. One for you, two for me. Yeah, I, I recently for one for you, for three. Yeah, I say one for you, three for me. I guess we're getting takeout. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what happened. It's uh, there's none left. <laughs> All right, oh, wow. I've been into um, into whites. Yeah, the uh, white wines. Um, I, I had a Pinot. This uh, I almost said this morning. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> me too. It's five o'clock somewhere. It's okay. Oh boy. <laughs> Well, we uh, we have one one last uh, segment left. We normally have our uh, our uh, Agent My Nicole files, files, but we are not doing that today because uh, no. Agent Nicole has been slacking on her files. She's just letting the paperwork build up and build up and build up. So I'm uh, hijacking it. Yeah, I let uh, you have it. You don't have to hijack. Ashes has an, an interesting sweet. story. Something that happened to us. Um, I'm sure you folks have seen the pictures all over Facebook, but uh, this will give Ashes a chance to get the uh, story out and have it recorded for all of uh, all posterity. So I'm introducing a new segment. It is a segment that won't occur frequently, but it will occur. It is called. Ash's Awesome Adventures because I do stuff and it's fun um, you know aside from drinking wine and that's fun too so I recently on Saturday September 2nd attended a concert at Fenway Park in Boston that's right ladies and gentlemen I saw Lady Gaga oh my goodness. Now, Patsy uh, bought me tickets a while ago, and I have been eagerly anticipating this for months. I'm uh, just so excited. Um, the tickets that he purchased were yeah, a little on the pricey side, as were all of her tickets. But they were not exactly in the best of spots. But the, but you know what? I was excited to just be there. I was going to see her. I didn't care if I had to watch her on the Jumbotrons. I was going to be in her essence, I was going to breathe, be, be breathing the same air as Lady Gaga, hearing her sing live. I did not care. I was so freaking excited to go. So the day arrives and I had been debating as to you know how I'm going to do my hair and my makeup and the clothing and I had spent a lot of time uh, preparing all of this. So the day arrives and it took me a little bit longer than anticipated to put the whole look together. So we were running a little bit later than I would have liked to have been. But we make our way into Boston. We make our way into Fenway. I'm getting compliments on my looks and, you know, getting pulled aside for pictures and stuff. So I'm already feeling like a freaking celebrity, which I mean, hello, I am. So, um, we're making our way to our, our seats, trying to get to a certain section. Patsy has to go to the bathroom, so we're looking for a bathroom. This girl uh, passes us. I noticed that she has a lanyard, but I didn't think anything of it. She was like, hey, you guys look great. I was like, oh, thank you so much. Like, you know, just, just in passing. Like, thank you. I appreciate, you know, you stopping to take the time to compliment me. 
So we continue on our way looking for the bathroom. Next thing I know, she's running back towards us and pulls us aside. And she's like, hey, where are your seats? I said, in, in, in the grandstand. Grandstand 27. Why? And she was like, well, how do you feel about standing? And I was like, well, what do, what do you mean? And she was like, how would you like to stand next to Gaga? And I was like, What? And she was like, because Gaga, pointing at me, she's like, Gaga would love to see this. And I was just like, oh, my God. <laughs> Are you serious? Uh, and she says, yeah, yeah, uh, pit turf. She's like, I can upgrade you. And I was like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Is this real life? What is life right now? Like, seriously. Uh, so she pulls us aside. And she gives us these wristbands. And she gives us these tickets to replace our tickets that we currently had. And says... To go onto the field, the field of Fenway Park, mind you. So Patsy was already like fanboying out because he was going to have the opportunity to walk on the field of Fenway. Uh, but she says, you know, here are, are, are your replacement tickets. Just go out on the field, go down towards the metallic stage, and that's where you're going to be. So, okay. So we're making our way out there. And I was just like, I have no idea where the hell we're supposed to go. I've been to plenty of, of uh, baseball games at Fenway Park. I'm a huge Red Sox fan. I've never been to a concert there. So the setup is a little bit different. And we're making our way down. And I said, you know what? I, I don't know. I just I feel like we're not supposed to be this close. Like, let's, let's, let's ask an usher. So we did. And the usher's like, yeah, just keep going down and, and then take a left. So, okay. So we walked down a little bit more. And uh, a little further, and I'm just like, you know, I, I just, I feel like this is too far. I, you know, we're passing all of these seats where people paid, you know, like hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of dollars per ticket to see the show. And I was like, I just, I feel like this isn't right. Like, I, I, I don't, I, I just, I, I don't know. So we ask another usher and they're like, yeah, just keep going down and then to your left. So, okay. So, you know, continue to walk down, continue to pass all of these very expensive seats again me hesitating i'm like i i just i don't feel like this is right so finally we asked you know we asked somebody else i think we probably asked like maybe like seven ushers uh, as to like where we were supposed to be and finally somebody kind of brought us out a little bit and showed us like you're over there near that stage i was like are you kidding me so uh we walk over and we make sure, you know, we get ourselves situated. I double check with the security guard that's right there just to make sure that we were standing where we were supposed to be standing. Guys, I could see my reflection in Gaga's stage. I shit you not. I probably had this stupid grin, goofy grin on my face like the entire night. I was in awe. I could not believe this was happening to me. Like, I don't have this kind of luck. I don't have this kind of look. Like, I, I don't have luck at you all. You had a really rough week, too. You were really sick, so... Yeah, like, I I had come off of, like, a stomach bug, and work has been really crazy. Home life, family life, everything's just been really, really crazy lately. I just, I don't, I don't have this kind of luck. So, I, I'm, I'm sitting there, and I'm taking all of these pictures, and it's, it's, it was crazy to see Fenway from this angle. Uh, just absolutely beautiful lit up differently for the show uh making friends with the security guard who was standing there who was kind of getting a kick out of the fact photo that bombed I me yeah I, you know couldn't couldn't get over the fact that like this is where i was standing you know taking pictures of my reflection in gaga stage so um where we were at so you had like gaga's main stage and then there was a ramp that came down and then there was kind of like a runway that came across like parallel to the main stage 
and then there was uh you know the ramp continued on and then towards at the end there was this metallic stage so the um journalists and photographers and what have you were in the pit between the main stage and that second runway and we were in between that second runway and the last metallic stage so guys like this was incredible so not only was i surrounded by some very 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 fabulous gay men uh one of whom i actually did his eyeliner so you're welcome victor if you're listening um covered in glitter absolutely amazing waiting for gaga to come on we see this uh somebody being escorted uh around the metallic stage um you, you know by by like security detail and we're like oh who's who's this guys come to find out it was gaga's mom cynthia yeah her parents were there and her mom was like right there and so of course like the lot of us we were just freaking out we were like oh my god i can't believe this is happening her mom's right there like the woman who birthed the goddess known as lady gaga is right there so i look over at her and i must have she looked at me at the same time i was looking at her and she points at me and i was like oh my god and then she points at her face where I actually had, um, so I don't know if you guys are Lady Gaga fans at all, but like back in the day, back in the early days, like 2006, 2007, when she first came out, she had an album called The Fame, and she did this kind of like Bowie thing with like a lightning bolt across her face. Yeah, that's totally what I was rocking. So uh, she points at her face, pointing to like where the lightning bolt was on my face, and it was like, I like that. And I was like, oh, my God, Gaga's mom likes my makeup. This is this is incredible. This is absolutely just bizarre. And I could not wrap my head around it. Uh, so obviously I said, thank you. And the gay guy next to me was like, oh, my God, what's going on? And I was like, uh, Gaga's mom just said she liked my makeup. And he was like, oh, my God, she's still looking over here. And so we just kind of had like, oh, my God, moment. Um, and then Gaga took the stage and it was magical and amazing. And I although I, I, I didn't touch her. Uh, we did make eye contact. Now I know it's it, 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 you know some people are like, oh my god, like he totally saw me on stage. Like no, I was in like the front. Like Gaga legit looked at me, pointed at me. We made eye contact, and she sang to me for a full five seconds. I shit you not. I was freaking out. I had Lady Gaga's attention for like five seconds. It was the most beautiful five seconds of my life. Um, That's true. It was about five seconds. Uh, but it was it was amazing. And, I mean, the show was incredible. Um, I, I was just so happy to be there. And then to have this opportunity to see her up, up, up front, up close. And she's such a, such a beautiful soul and an amazing, talented artist. So creative and just such a beautiful person. I, 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 it was just magical. Like it sounds so stupid to just to, to describe it that way, but it was just it was just so magical. Like I, I woke up uh, Sunday morning and I looked at Patrick and I was like, "Did that really happen, or was that a dream?" Because and I was like, "Yes, we are married." <laughs> and I was like, "Fuck, I'm going back to bed." Um, but no, it was it was ab. Absolutely incredible, you guys. So um, the moral of my story is if you think you're being extra, 
you're not because uh, it may give you front row seats to Lady Gaga. <laughs> I'm very happy for you. I'm glad that everything Thanks. worked out and then that it was Thanks. extra special. It was definitely a fun time. I just it was it was crazy. I, I can't like I mean I'm still talking about it so it's been like two weeks at this point and I can't fucking shut up about it and I apologize. So if you've heard the story before like I apologize. Actually no sorry not sorry. Um, I was front row at Lady Gaga and she pointed at me and her mom thinks I'm awesome so that's my story. You're on the edge of glory. I am, and I'm hanging on a moment with you. Um, so, is that are you? Uh, well, unless you, uh, unless you, you need to cut me off because I'll just keep talking about it. It yeah. was amazing. I'm sure. I like, if you, you, if you, you are really interested, <laughs> I have pictures on my Facebook page. Um, I'll probably post. But by the time this airs, I'm sure I will have posted a video or two at least. Uh, of of my adventures in Gaga Land, but yeah, it's it's incredible. So if you are a fan of hers and you're kind of on the fence about seeing her live, just do it. The tickets are, are a little pricey, but I swear to God, I mean, she sings. Okay, like she doesn't do a backtrack. She doesn't, you know, have a, a, a she doesn't lip sync. I mean, she does have a backtrack, but it's for like the chorus and stuff. But like, she sings and she her her show is over two hours and she plays the piano and she plays the guitar and she does a couple of songs acoustically and it's just it's such an experience i'm pretty sure i found religion like i've hit nirvana um her energy is 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 amazing and i just i i feel like a i feel like a different person now having seen her live like she's just she gives a lot of herself to the fans and it's just uh, amazing she's brilliant yeah it was it was pretty great um justin do you have anything uh you want to close with anything that you want to plug anything else uh that we haven't talked about you know that maybe you want to throw out there you know where where folks can find you you know social media other than the uh the amalgamania site or you know do you do you wish to remain mysterious yeah, I'm just a regular guy. I was just uh, thinking about uh, the connection between Boondock Saints and Fraggle Rock there for a second. But, um, yeah. Um, otherwise, just say hi to my daughters, Grace and Rachel. Uh, you know, you, you can find me on Amalgamania. I am uh, the Lieutenant Commander Data of that. Um, otherwise, uh, you know, I'll be like everybody else, just waiting for the next season of Game of Thrones to start. Nice. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I ew. Don't even get me started on that. Because that's a whole other show. But, uh, Justin, it was great having you on here. Um, thank you for uh, enlightening us. And uh, we will definitely have you on again. We we have to have a Futurama episode at some point. And that's what's nice about that show is there's so many so many different characters. We could do we could do a, about a half a dozen different shows that are an hour and a half long. Yeah, it's been a blast. So I think it uh, with... That being said, I mean, do we have anything else? We did everything. We did the battle. We did uh, we did science. Did you hail the hypnotoad? Uh, I didn't, but we can do that um, right after we're done here. All glory to the hypnotoad, definitely. Um, but I think that's it. You guys have anything else? No, no. that's it. We're good. Well, Justin, thank you again for coming on. Yes, thank you so much. Thank you, thank ladies. You. Thank you for putting up with me. <laughs> well, I mean, you you were you were awesome. We put up with Patsy every week, so it's such a it's it's a breath of fresh air when we Correct, have somebody yeah. else on the show. Yeah, that's true. 
So uh, I think with that being said, we're going to go ahead and bring this episode to a close. And uh, we will see see you you next Thursday. Thursday.